October 18th, 2019, the Shorty G era has officially begun. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan to talk about SmackDown on Fox, the third week out. Matt, tonight's show, riveting, exciting, can't miss. I would like to um, put a little asterisk to the opening of that show and say there is no such thing as um, the Shorty G version of anything. <laughs> it's the Shorty G era. It's begun. No. It's official. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was just telling Glenn before we started the show, I am beat up. I am exhausted. And SmackDown hmm, had its points, but it didn't do anything to get me going. Like AEW did the other night, for instance. Yeah. It, I was exhausted, and it kind of zonked me out of it. It was out. weird tonight, and I thought a weird move that they're announcing next week because of the World Series next Friday, it's going to be on FS1 instead of Fox. And that makes me feel like next week, also not going to be a banner show with a lot of effort put in, especially given some of the creative shakeups behind the scenes and just the overall feel of the show tonight. This felt mm -hmm. to me very much like how SmackDown on USA felt. Uh, no it'll, it'll be no different, Glenn. It's yeah. not going to be any different. They are a conglomerate. They are the New York Yankees. They are not going to change their lineup because they're playing in a different stadium. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, they're definitely putting a lot of attention into Crown Jewel happening uh, a week yeah. on Thursday. On Fox. Like, like that. that's – do you know what I mean? Like, they're getting more viewers, right? I, I don't know if I'd be, like, screaming that from the mountaintops. Yeah. And tonight, uh, Hulk Hogan shows up via Skype. You have a billion-dollar TV deal. <laughs> You're a huge publicly traded company, and the best you can do is Skype. And this guy would go anywhere for them. He loves, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't get that either. Same and then I heard, before yeah. we start the show really quick, uh, yeah. I read something about Undertaker not doing Crown Jewel. Do we know why? No, I, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. So much to get into, so much to talk about. I was tuning in tonight to see what they were going to do with Bailey after her full yeah. turn last week. Yeah. Um, we do have a new number one contender for the Women's SmackDown Championship who's going to be facing Bailey. Uh, let's start with what opened the show, the WWE Intercontinental title match, Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura with Sami Zayn on commentary. And, of course, this ended in a DQ, actually, with Baron Corbin interfering, setting up a match for later in the evening. I like the attention on the Intercontinental title at this level. Like, this feels right. I know Roman is a hood ornament, if you will, of WWE. We all know he's just in a holding pattern at the moment, essentially. But if I had my way about, if this was my company, <clears throat> this is where I'd have him. This is where I, you know what I mean? Like I'd have such a stacked main event because there's so many good performers that now you have a stacked intercontinental level like it used to be. You remember like the RVD guys type of level of wrestler, right? Yeah. Um, RVD, Tito Santana level, Greg Valentine level, like guys that are freaking awesome. You know, it just makes the title mean that much more. Yeah, and having Roman in this match against Nakamura, it's interesting, yeah. uh, Roman in this role, so Roman not winning the Intercontinental title here. I mean, he, this guy, if anyone doesn't need a belt in the company, it's him at this point. No, no, and this is just continues to help him, by the way. Yeah. It just continues to help him. We're all going to be dying for him to be in the main event. I've heard people say it already uh, versus how they've booked Seth. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, with Nakamura, with... Sami Zayn and with Baron Corbin beating up Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan came out to help him. Looks like Daniel Bryan uh, still on that face turn trajectory. Yeah. Do you think ultimately he turns on Roman and yes. that sets up perhaps a WrestleMania match? Yes. Roman is owed at this point a very big match. He's been a very good sport about things and how they've kind of, like I said, put him in this holding pattern. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And not complained about it. Continues to be a great locker room leader. He's turning out awesome matches. He continues to turn out really, really well-worked, great psychology, and very well-wrestled matches. You know, one of the biggest knocks that used to be on him out of the three of them was he was the least of the three as far as work rate went, and he had the most uh, transparency in all of his uh, offense. Yeah, right. Dude, this dude is <laughs> – he's got no weaknesses in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so we go from that to a backstage vignette, oh man, with uh, The New Day hanging out with Heavy Machinery, and wouldn't you know it, Otis mixing up some special pancake mix with extra protein, mm. drinking from it directly. Mm. 
these have Vince written all over it. I'll just be straight up. These, yeah, did all the stuff with Otis and the fats, the fat guy stuff. Do you know what I mean? The fat guy joke crap is Vince one on one. It it is uninspired. I think is the, the key. But as we saw later in the match tonight, though Otis super over with the crowd. I mean, maybe of it's a Midwest thing, but because uh, yeah, he's charismatic, he's yeah. doing it in spite of them doing stupid stuff with the poor guy backstage. Yeah. Uh, Chad Gable versus Curtis Axel. So they wrestle this. Bo Dallas is there. Uh, ringside, the bell rings back and forth. Gable picks up a win pretty easily with the ankle lock, gets a win by submission. After, he gives an inspirational interview to Caleb Braxton in the ring and uh, talks about, you know, he's accepted who he is. He's Shorty Gable and says, no, let's shorten that up. I'm Shorty G. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now let me ask you something. Yes. Why, when he has, when you're going to give him an opportunity to speak, would this not be the opportune time to have us have one of those world beater promos you see a Steve Austin cut after he wins King of the Ring, or any wrestler aspiring babyface uh, generally cuts after um, what we're being told is a meaningful win, something that mm. gets them into a different stratosphere on their own level, if you will, and into the next one where they cut a transitional promo that brings them from one level to one level to the next. Um, not this, not this crap. He delivered it with as much conviction. Definitely. And the straightest face and most sincerity. Anyone could have delivered. This. I would have much more enjoyed him talking about what it would mean for him to be the world heavyweight champion. You guys may think it's funny. You might not think I have a chance in hell. But if I been, you know, if I put stock in what you guys thought about me, I wouldn't even be here to begin with. You yeah, know, I've been a champion at every level I've ever performed. That this is no different. You keep making fun of me, and I'll see you guys at the finish line. It ain't a sprint; it's a marathon. And they were Leave putting the over and walk away. And he was. They were putting Don't over. Ever his... cut me off in the middle of my promos again? I'm sorry, but I thought I was trying to detect. Nobody the cares about there. the recap. They want to be entertained. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> Matt. We've been doing this three years. Sometimes I think we're so in sync with one another that I can just anticipate your rhythms, but occasionally I'm wrong. And for that, I apologize <laughs> for not being a nurturing podcast co-host. Mm -hmm. You want to be the little spoon tonight? I'll be the big spoon. I wasn't nurturing at all. You cut it off. You ruined I apologize. it. Um, for shame. For shame. I'm going to have to commit Sudoku uh, right here on this podcast. I don't know what that is. No. Sorry. <laughs> It's a Japanese word game, but I always convince it, uh, confuse it with the Japanese uh, ritual suicide, which is like Sabuku. Sudoku is a puzzle. Um, I was going to say mm -hmm. they were putting over his Olympic performance. I mean, this guy's mm -hmm. an Olympic athlete yes. tonight, and they're putting that over. And then to go the Shorty G thing, <sighs> I don't know. They think they're doing something inspirational. But the, let's shorten it up. Shorty G. Like, they're still I don't know I don't trust them I don't trust them and this I, I thought he he could have talked more about his amateur background he could have talked he's a legit badass it's not brain surgery to go out there and talk about it and he is charismatic we've seen him on NXT I thought he was super charismatic in NXT yeah. he's pretty charismatic tonight he's good um he is good. I I think uh, when he faces Bo Dallas next week Bo Dallas should uh, demand to be billed as Grandmaster B is he match. really facing Bodell's next week? No, but he faced oh. Curtis Axel tonight, so do the math, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Good call. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Shorty G versus Grandmaster B, it'll happen. Matt, <laughs> if you were if you were a hip-hop artist, would you go by the Blueprint? What would your hip-hop name be if you had to pick one in here? I wouldn't have to. The Blueprint totally says it all. I, I just come up with them all the time. You know, I was thinking the other day, Mo Tussin, uh, Big Sur. I think that's a slept-on hip-hop name. I'm surprised no one's used yet. Uh, like Vic Payback, you know, I just, I just keep a running list. The, uh, Glenn Rubenstein, The White Mystery. When I come back to right. hip hop, it's going to be huge. How many fans out there in the chat room could totally pick Glenn up? Um, asking me that question just so he could quote unquote get his shit in on what his rap means. <laughs> I know he's always wanted to put out there to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can we do comments or is it, we can't? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's see what we got. Oh, here we go. Uh, Blue Chew G. Yes. I like that. Glenn, good. question. Why have you here? I, I always keep forgetting to ask you and Raj. We need to do it where the comments come up. 
when there's a four of us on there, it cuts me and Justin like right out of the damn shot. We yes. got to figure out a way to do it. Definitely. I think uh, there's something suspicious that Raj is always in the top part of it. So you yes, know, I think it's I, I, think, I think you're correct on that. Yeah. Uh, all these blue chew related blue chew. They love blue chew jokes. They love I it. All I get in my Twitter feed is blue chew jokes. It's amazing. Uh, even <laughs> uh, yesterday, WWE announced Corey Graves is going to be doing a podcast. And all of the replies to the announcement are talking about, oh, I can't wait to hear Corey doing blue chew ads. It's amazing how just uh, ubiquitous mm-hmm. has become with wrestling at this point. Definitely. Yeah. You know? Uh, anyhow, uh, look, Shorty G, we give it a hard time. I think it's one of these things that they telegraphed this so much with the way they went into this, the trademark and whatnot there. I mean, we want Gable to get a push. But, right. Matt, when you look at it from a talent perspective, is it almost demoralizing that this is what it takes that you have to play along with Vince McMahon's stupid idea when you're a freaking Olympian? You have to. That's that. Or you have to, or you do the opposite. You quit, or you. You know what I mean? There is no half stepping with it. Like, look what I did with the Saturn character. Same thing. I did, did. Um, you know, try to bring up the fact of you do know I graduated college. Third of my classes with the communications degree, right? Like public speaking. Like I can, like I can talk. I don't know if the writers shared that with you or what, sir. Um. He's like, you're not understanding why I'm saying this. I'm not saying this because you can't talk. I'm saying this idea is because you're confident enough to be able to pull it off and the Achilles heel with his whole explanation. So I was like, all right, well, at least I tried. Um, and I felt okay about at least trying because sometimes when you give pushback, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something, right? And supposedly that's what Vince respects. I mean, you almost have to wonder sometimes – when they pitched it to you, it was like, oh, Vince has been sitting on this idea for a long time. It's a big right. thing. D- does it go through your head that it's like, I'm being tested, and mm. if I really shoot mm. this down, he'll respect me more and let me do something better? I'm not going to pretend that didn't enter my head. It did a little bit, but the other part of me was dying to get out of OVW. Honestly, I wanted to get I, – I, I felt I was ready. I really did because I got sent back down because Brock quit, Nathan quit. I didn't have anybody to tag with at the time. And it made sense for me to be up there at the time and tag with someone where I could get my greenness out without being so obvious and them still get me ring time on TV. But by myself, maybe not as much. I don't know. But they sent me back down for more seasoning and because those guys quit. So I wanted to get the hell back up at any cost. So they could have came up with any idea for me. And I would have said, yep, sure, no problem. You know? I don't know. It's just like here it was Shorty G. I just it's a rap name. Like it just it just screams rapper, doesn't it? So like I'm worried that the, in lights the name Shorty G is gonna scream to fans who've never seen him before, rapper, and then comes out super duper overly Caucasian. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Am- Mr. Amateur wrestler from the Midwest, unless they change his gimmick, unless he does become a rapper type character, which I pray he doesn't have to do that. Well, I think, okay, so here's my reaction to it. I think this is why we make fun of it and why we do the grandmaster be uh, married with children reference yeah. is because it doesn't feel like a current rap thing right now. Rappers do have no. very diverse yes. names. It feels exactly like, why we clown it. Yes. yes. It feels like early nineties. Like yes. Vince was trying to be down with the kids in the hip hop. Yes, definitely. You know? Down with the kids in the hip hop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, are, you ever heard of cool? Uh, what was that? Did you ever hear a Sugar Hill Gang? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think Vince listens to hip hop? I mean, what do you think the last hip hop song Vince was really into? I honestly can see it. I know it sounds bizarre, but he is bizarre. I could totally see like him listening to some Biggie, like like one or two really? songs, like Mo Money Mo Problems or something crazy like that, like like something that's super mainstream. Do I see? Do I, do I think he's sitting there listening to like underground Nas Escobar hits? No, no, no way. I was uh, going to say maybe the the Fat Boys with Chubby Checker, their version of the Twist. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. When that came out, Vince probably thought he was super over like dancing to it and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Stand Back came on my feed today on Instagram for some reason. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't. The only rap I really listen to is stuff maybe like '97 and before. Best. That was the best rap. Dude. We were so blessed. We got to live through the coolest things in life, like sports, wrestling, music. I think our generation has had the best. I just do. Yeah. We got to see some cool things, dude. 
but God. rap, hell yeah, dude. Like mid ninety three to mm -hmm. ninety eight, ninety nine, I'd say. I think it was the best. We're the last generation um, where hip hop was new music, where it was brand new. You know, where computers in the household were brand new, where video games were brand new. We were there when it was introduced. Seriously, everyone younger than us now growing up is like, hip hop's been there my entire life. Dude, we were around when Nintendo popped yeah. up. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, just thinking about that evolution and everything that we've seen. And even with wrestling, wrestling being new, I, I'm curious what it's like for fans of the product now that came in during the Attitude Era that were kids then, because we were still young, but we remember when, you know, uh, whether it was Cindy Lauper or it was Hogan yeah. on Letterman, you know, with mm -hmm. Mr. T, mm -hmm. it was, and I don't know if it was this way for you, but I remember to my perspective it was like wrestling is a new thing. It's always been around, but now it's on TV. Now it's mainstream. It felt like mm -hmm. there was still that entry point, not something we always grew up with. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I did feel like that. Yeah. Uh, so Hulk Hogan, speaking of which, was live via, well, I think it was taped, but via Skype, talking about Team Hogan versus Team Flair, a crown jewel. And uh, so he was impressed. I'm sorry. Really, really quick. Do you think that was Vince's call on the technology to use? This, this new Skype? <laughs> this new Skype app I keep hearing the kids talk about. <laughs> and it wasn't live. And it skipped. Remember at the end, like it messed up and jumped. It was like, you could have done another take. Skype, there's, I mean, I shouldn't make fun of them because they use Skype, but I don't know. <laughs> it's that's super old, dude. I'm just saying, if if okay, let's say Impact called you next week and said, Matt, we want you to come back and do a thing. Uh, we're gonna pretend that it's live. We're gonna do it live on the phone. Wouldn't you say like, well, let, why don't I record it on my phone so I get a really nice recording and send it to you so that way on TV it looks yeah. as good as it can look at least. Yeah, yeah, and not rely on Skype. Yes. Which is very shabby. Um, so Hogan did say he was so impressed. Shorty G is going to be on Team Hogan and Ali. Uh, okay, so when I see them do things like this, I don't believe for one solitary second Hulk Hogan's even the most remotely excited about Ali or Shorty G being on their team, and he's looking them up online as we speak. <laughs> I think you're giving him too much credit. I don't even think he's looking them up. Okay, he's not, but... <laughs> he should be because they're both uber talented. Especially I agree. Ali, especially Ali. Uh, and Shorty G and Ali sounds like uh, the best 1985 Saturday morning sitcom or cartoon. Shorty G and Ali. Oh, my God. He might be on to something. Yeah, that's a hell of a pairing. Uh, and he did say he would have uh, big news about the captain later in the night, which was revealed to be Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. We got Heavy Machinery in the New Day versus The Revival with Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Um so much to unpack here, but with Ziggler and Rude, I now I'm watching this, Matt, thinking of you every time I see these guys, thinking Why? about how they're not doing it. They're not developing them as a team. They're not giving them a story. They're not letting them cut promos. Oh, they're missing that big time. Those two cut great promos, dude, when they're on. They, they yeah. cut such good promos. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Are they, are they now being treated like, you know, Zack Ryder and Hawkins get treated, you know, sometimes as a tag team, disrespectfully, in my opinion. Yeah, I, a little bit, yeah. I don't understand. It was such a weak-ass tag division at times. What Rude and Zig should be champs. Thanks, and they were. They were. Um, and then yeah, just they took complete them. transition for the Viking Raiders. Which nobody cared anymore that they became champions. That's the whole thing. Rude and Ziggler had a chance to reset those titles, in my opinion, and put a little bit more importance on them, make them mean a little bit more again. And I would have kept it on them because you have enough tag angles that you can use without needing the title to pick to be in the picture, I think. Hmm. I don't know. I just think something. I mean, so we see tonight, and I know we've been critical on the show before, but yet heavy machinery was was over tonight. Otis getting great reactions from the crowd, so much so. <laughs> That when Heavy Machinery in the New Day won, did you notice that Otis got out of the way for New Day to hit Midnight Hour, pinned Dawson for the win? I was shocked after they took him down with Midnight Hour that Otis didn't do the worm and get the pin because I think the crowd would have just exploded for that. They would have. No, you're absolutely right as to that adding to the crescendo, like one more lump up. You're yeah. correct. It would have. So I don't know, but with New Day still, where's, 
I just I feel like with Kofi, I feel like Kofi still needs to come out to the ring and address what happened with Brock Lesnar. They're just making it seem like it was Men in Black erased from our memory that this guy was champ for six months. And they need to stop it. They need to stop it, and they could still they still have time to act on it. And if I'm Kofi, not that Kofi's watching this, but if I'm Kofi, I would totally when he gets that opportunity to talk about the fact that you still haven't had the opportunity till now. Like, I lost to Brock Lesnar four weeks ago, and just now I'm told I get to talk about that? No, 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 no. I'm not going back into the old Kofi box that WWE likes to put me in, in this three-man routine, in this three-man group with my buddies. Am I going to continue to run with my boys here? Definitely. But am I going to do it because WWE is telling me to, because I'm no longer championship material in their eyes? Hell no. I'm going to get back on the horse. I'm going to become heavyweight champion again. And I'm pissed that it's taken me four weeks to get the opportunity to tell the fans on how bad I feel I disappointed them. I promise you guys it ain't going to happen again. Something along those lines. But he needs to be pissed, in my opinion, that they're not giving him the opportunity to talk about this. He had his biggest accomplishment in his entire life winning that championship. We all were on the ride with him. We were excited for him at Mania. That was a big deal in Mania, if you remember going into it. Many of us were looking forward to that <clears throat> as a top three, one of our favorite matches that were coming up because we all knew who's going to win the title. And we all wanted to see what it would look like and what it would feel like. You know, so like he needs to address it. I agree. Um, I even think saying that it's uh, almost insulting that he's expected just to have this dignified yeah. demeanor of like, well, I was champ. Step aside. I'm just going to yeah. step, step aside move he's got to apparently do and go back to juggling his with the pancakes. What do they call them? Uh, pancakes. Those are pancakes. Is, yeah. And then throwing out with cereal again. That's so. He's proven he doesn't need to do that. He's already done it. He's become a main event talent. You guys have to keep him there. So in advance of the six-pack challenge tonight to determine a new number one contender for the women's championship, we had Ms. TV with guest Bailey accompanied by Sasha Banks. Mm -hmm. And uh, this promo seemed very divisive on Twitter. Some people said it was fantastic. Other people were like, this is a lazy uh, mishmash of other platitude generic promos that have been given in the past. In fact, the Miz... When asking Bailey the question and Bailey not really answering at first, I think the Miz throwed out every possible theory for why Bailey could have turned heel, and I don't think Bailey confirmed a single one of them. She didn't. She didn't. Um, I, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know if they're purposely telling her to be. I mean, you can't. They can't be telling her to be vague on purpose because look what she just did last week, right? It, the cat's out of the bag. She's a villain. Hmm? So I, I don't know what that was tonight. I don't. She said, uh, no one was there for me. I was there for everyone, giving out hugs. Yep. Uh, when I lost, who was there to hug me, which does seem a little strange uh, to, to fault for that. Um, but, and Sasha was, no. I think Sasha upstaged her a little bit, just in terms of poise. Bailey she did. didn't look, I mean, Sasha, man, she's got so much swagger. So much swagger. And she screams, man, yeah, main eventer. There's no question, but I just with with Bailey, I would say something of the same lines. I've been telling you guys for weeks she needs to be talking to dumping the kids now because all she's been doing is taking care of them, you know, giving them hugs, high fives, showing them love, telling them they could reach for the stars, and you guys started dying on me, you know, week by week because WWE didn't present me the way that they should have. That's their fault, not mine, folks. Okay, um, you guys kind of ditched me. Week by week, I heard the, the cheers get less and less and less. So finally, I figured out Bailey grew up. Bailey realized this is a business. And in this business, the game is to make money. And unfortunately, you guys didn't help me make any money anymore. You weren't buying my T-shirts as much as you used to do. So you know what? Screw you. I'm going to do my own thing, kind of a thing. And the only person that was there and had my back was this chick right here, Miss Sasha Banks, whatever, you know? It's good. It's better Just than what we got tonight. But, but just basic, basic one-on-one stuff. I don't know why they're not letting her do. She's and uh, a student of wrestling, Glenn. She knows this promo upside down, inside out. She's a student of it. So I don't know why they're like not doing it. Do you know what and, I mean? Yeah. And uh, the, the full heel promo. Well, she punctuated it with, uh, you want to hear some words from me? Let me tell you, life sucks and then you die. <laughs> so then... Okay, so when I hear that, do you hear like a depressed Bailey? 
Yeah, I kind of, I just think that's so generic. I mean, are they, are they going to put that on a t-shirt? WWE shop? Life sucks and then you die. Bailey. I mean, it's, it is the, it is the opposite, right? Of sunshines and rainbows and unicorns and blow up things in your entrance way. Bailey. If they put that, okay. If they did that, like they did, like with the peppy music and the Bailey buddies and they had in colorful, like text life sucks. And then you die Bailey. I would be like, this is brilliant. This is the most brilliant take they've had on a character. If they just had her talking trash like that, but pretending like it was uplifting. They're not doing that. Um, even the recap, I couldn't believe they did it. If I made fun of how they were going to do the recap where they were slowing down the, they're ready to go. When they were showing from last week, her coming out, they kept doing like the record slowing down <laughs> effect. Yeah. It's just, I want so, I, I want the best for Bailey. I think yeah. she's fantastically talented. She got so over despite yeah. being booked so poorly on the main roster. Yes. She just doesn't look comfortable to me yet with this gimmick. She has moments of it, but she, that's where I think last okay, week she did it in her entrance. She looked better last week, but that's why her next to Sasha, Matt, that's like me next to you. I can come out and fake confidence, but if you're standing next to me, people are going to be like, Glenn doesn't look nearly as confident as Matt Morgan. It's, it's the same thing. So, Sasha's too cool. Here, there's that. And here's the other part though. The thing that makes Bailey so lovable is the fact she thought you could see it. She doesn't think she's as good as the person she's generally in the ring with. It could have been anybody in that ring other than Sasha. And I would argue Bailey would still give off that same vibe and that same body language that she feels she's lesser than. That's what made us love her as a baby face, dude. Because when she would pull off these wins, do you know what I mean? We were all with her. Like, you can do it, Bailey. Keep going, you know, and believing in her and cheering for her louder the next time. She's really good at drawing that emotion out of us. And it is true. Life sucks and then you die. I, that's been a Vince. They've used this before. Line. That's like my dad's line. That's everybody's line. But that's the point is that Vince thinks it's clever to say something that your dad was saying back in <laughs> 1987 when he was explaining to you, life's not fair. Thing is that, that, told him. Oh, look for that in a Bailey promo next week. Life's not fair. <laughs> you know what? Life's not fair. Yeah. <sighs> I just, I want, I want this to go so much better. Uh, and we'll see because they have the six-pack challenge tonight. So we could talk about the match itself where we have Lacey Evans versus Carmella versus Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville versus Nikki Cross versus Dana Brooke. And I got to be honest, Nikki was probably uh, only ahead of Dana Brooke and who I predicted was going to win this match to be the number one contender tonight. What do you mean ahead? What do you mean? Well, I thought, okay, Carmella makes sense, right? Carmella moving to SmackDown, maybe they have plans for her. Yep. Uh, Lacey Evans, she yeah. was in a major feud on Raw. Definitely. Seemed like that would work. Yep. Mandy Rose, hey, Mandy Rose be, that writes itself, right? Mandy Rose, yep. Bailey could say, you're everything that held me down when I was coming up were people yep. that wanted me to be like you. Yes. Oh, my God, that promo writes itself. Yes. Sonya Deville, huge push right now on yes. uh, Total Divas. Right. Okay. So Dana Brooke, I love Dana Brooke. I'd love to see Dana Brooke get that opportunity, but that right. would have been like Jinder Mahal when he got a championship shot. Right. Uh, so Nikki, I like Nikki, but notice Alexa wasn't there tonight at all and not really mentioned during this match, which makes me wonder if she's going to factor into this feud of Nikki versus Bailey. They're done. They, they didn't get drafted as they would have been drafted as a tag team, dude, if they were at well, players. Nikki, same brand. Right. So that's my point. They put them on the same brand to be two different entities, I think, again, and go back to Splitsville because they, they draft the teams all the time and it didn't matter. It didn't cost them two picks by picking a draft. You, you know what I mean? It didn't mm -hmm. matter. They drafted New Day. They drafted other tag teams together. They would have drafted them as a team if they had plans to keep them there as a team. Well, could you imagine a year ago, Matt, six months ago, if I'd said a baby face, Nikki Cross, is going to face heel Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship? I would be incredibly only okay. I'd be incredibly uninterested because of Nikki Cross at the time, but I'd be very interested because you just said, "Oh my God, there's a, such a thing as heel Bailey in this year from now world." You talk of Glenn, you know what I mean? I'd be interested in that to see what that would have looked like. Which is weird that that's as a kid. Remember your time travel fantasies? Yes. Mine are now that I'm going to travel back a year in time and tell Matt Morgan what's happening yeah. on SmackDown. Like yeah. now, I'm going to go back and buy Apple stock. You know, or go back and like bet on the World Series World or pick Series. the lottery. 
No, I'm just gonna sports almanac back. like Marty McFly. We always yeah, no. do that. I'm just going to go back and tell you what's up in WWE to get your reaction. Record it. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of this? Uh, the match itself tonight and Nikki's victory? Big. Yeah. Very big. This was a big statement, I thought. Huge statement. With all those girls in that match, you said it. All those other girls, I, I thought for sure, were better odds on, like you said. Um, big statement, big statement with that win on what their plans are for her, no? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, so someone pointed out in the chat, Nikki has to lose. Bailey can't turn heel and then lose her first championship defense. So maybe that's why it makes so sense. Let me back off the gas on that, actually. As soon as you just said that, okay, so they need somebody to feed the Bailey. Bailey needs a strong win over this opponent. So you know what? Nobody gets any on them by having Bailey eat them alive like somebody better, like Lacey. Mm. So let's have Nikki do it. So yeah. I take back that. They got big plans for her. Well, talking about being eaten alive, Drew Gulak, cruiserweight champion, less than a month ago, faced off against Braun Strowman tonight. I did not even recognize him physically. I didn't recognize him. He changes his look all the time. Every time I tune in to see what he looked, to see him. Well, the PowerPoint presentations are back. I was excited for the PowerPoint presentation. It's that Braun for starting the damn match. Braun, how are you going to beat Tyson Fury when you passed over 45 different pages that you could have seen in his awesome PowerPoint presentation on how to beat Tyson Fury? You know what, Braun? <laughs> if you lose, you deserve to lose now. You had your friend that was trying to help you, and you just had to start the damn match. Okay, so aside from Gulak getting just squashed tonight, and this guy again had a title belt less than a month ago, and tonight the lowest he, title belt, I would argue, lower than the twenty four seven title at times. Okay, aside from the twenty four seven title, could you picture this happening to anyone else? I mean, it tells you what they think of the cruiserweights and the cruiserweight title. Yes, I could. I definitely yeah. could. Shannon Moore, I think I squashed after he just was a cruiserweight champion. Uh, I was just debuting. Um, I think they don't, they don't yeah. care. Well, what I kind of want to see out of this, and I don't know if you were at the same page with this, Matt, I kind of want to see Gulak managing Braun and going around with this data, doing the PowerPoint yeah. thing. I love the PowerPoint. I love Drew Gulak's yeah. gimmick with it. Yes. Yeah. I think pairing them up, Gulak is a great wrestler, but I think this would be a great way to give him TV time and have him be Braun's sidekick for a while. And then if he loses to Tyson, then he turns on Drew. It'll be a good moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope they I hope they have something for them with Gulak. I mean, this was his SmackDown debut tonight. So uh the PowerPoint presentations are back. We haven't seen those in a long time. So uh I liked him. I like that. His whole presidential like uh, political gimmick too. I liked uh, I think he's entertaining. Did anyone have ever put out the brilliance when he was protesting against no chance C H A N T S? <laughs> And that was like his thing. No chance was his thing. I was like, do people get why that's so funny? Wait a minute. Why? Because of Vince McMahon and no chance. No C-H-A-N-C-E. Vince's Uh theme is no chance. Drew's was no chance with the T. It's no chance in hell. Yeah, but with no chance, like no chanting. That was Drew's thing. I always thought it was kind of cute. Which I believe you've said is the worst thing. So maybe it was bad because you said cute is the worst thing. Stop using that word. That and adorable. (laughs) Adorable. I'm going to just review old Matt Morgan matches. I mean, Matt was adorable in this match against Big Show. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Promos, plugs for WWE 2K20 tonight. Forget the video game, Matt. I'd pay 60 bucks just to watch like a three-hour series from the people that did the commercials. I would too. I, I all the rivals and I, it was, I think they do them so well. I I love their commercials. They're so damn good. <sighs> the game's getting terrible reviews this year. I canceled my pre-order. Why though? What, what what did they do different with it? It's the same engine. So they haven't done a complete overhaul in years, and it switched developers. So the new developers inherited the old game code, and it's just buggy and glitchy. And the characters, people are comparing it to the games of 10 years ago, saying the characters in the games of 10 years ago on older consoles looked better than they do now. Really? I mean, I saw one with Hogan. He looked pretty spot on. Then again, he's wearing his sunglasses, and you can see Mm. the details of the heart. This is usually... Yeah, in my opinion, the hardest thing to detail and make it look legitimately real life. 
But man, I don't have the game, so I, don't, I can't speak on it. It's yeah, uh, I'm gonna wait and pick it up uh, on a discount. Decided not to be a day one on this one, but those commercials, man, every year that's what gets me to buy it the commercials, not the gameplay. Has it been released yet? No, it comes out Tuesday. Uh, uh Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns in the main event tonight against King Baron Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura with Sami Zayn ringside. Love the heels. I watched an interview and I suggest everybody else do this too. Um, Baron Corbin's interview with um, uh, not Sam, was it? Hmm. Um, it was really good. Dude, he is pretty. I'm not just saying this because we gave him a hard time about his his top and <laughs> his waiter shirt, but his waiter's vest rather. But like, he's charismatic. Watch that interview, folks, and you'll see what I'm talking about. He talks about his heat and getting go away heat versus Xbox heat and how he relishes it. And he makes some really good points. Um, sincerely, you guys need to all check it out because um, we don't know much about him. We don't get much details about him. WWE doesn't do a good job out of the ring getting us to know a little bit more about him. This is good stuff. You guys got to check it out. Um, but anyways, um, he's right back to where he needs to be, closing out the damn show, you know, along with uh, Shinsky. Love having, you know, him, yep. in, him in the main event, having Sami Zayn near the main event, right? That's, that's all good stuff. Yeah. I mean – so they announced Roman is going to be the team captain of Team Hogan in Saudi Arabia. Did you care, though? No, but this is part of the problem, though, dude. It's like, so right now they're building up Crown Jewel. Like, are, are you going to watch this one? I mean, I know in the past, you've just, I mean, as a fact, it's on a Thursday during the day. No. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Okay, so it's it's not the least essential pay-per-view, but it's probably one that's going to matter the least in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they have those two huge matches that I know I'm always going to see replays of them somewhere. So I, I don't know. I just have, you know, my whole reason I want to watch it. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, but just with the build up to that, I don't know. I mean, for me, that's where I'm not excited about this. Um, about the top two matches, though? Like, the I mean, no? I'm probably going to end up watching it. Uh, I, I want to see The Fiend versus Seth. That's, oh God! Where it says, "What was it?" Every time says, "Yeah, like this match will not it. be stopped." So, what happens when there's a pinfall? The match doesn't stop. Oh, yeah. I guess maybe that's the only way it stops. Uh, no, but that's. I mean, they're saying no disqualifications, no countouts. So, how about you just say no rules? No rule says it all. Like, I why what did they write that freaking like damn near run on sentence for? I don't. I, don't I thought it looked odd up there. Yeah, uh, and they showed the recap tonight. This is where it felt to me very non-brand split, non-draft, was that we saw a recap of what happened on Raw with uh, The Fiend versus Seth building up that match. Although I guess Bray Wyatt is technically on SmackDown, even though yes. I don't know. Yeah. Yes, he is. He was drafted to SmackDown. But <sighs> it's very confusing. They showed their stuff on SmackDown, dragging them through the mat and stuff. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> So that was SmackDown tonight. Bruce Pritchard running the show tonight. Eric Bischoff out, as we talked about on Wednesday's podcast. Uh, what do you think about Bruce in charge? I think Vince is insanely comfortable with him. Um, and if it's true, I mean, I'm not there. So I'm just guessing here from what people say that Vince has a ton of hold on these shows. Like the writers write these ideas and all these rewrites continue to happen is what I could, you know, we hear. So if that's the case, Vince is still a humongous part of this. It's not even a funnel process anymore, it doesn't sound like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Carlos Lopez just wrote, I saw SmackDown tonight, and I don't remember anything. I'm right there with you, Lopez, uh, Carlos, because as Glenn is saying these things, I'm having to re-remember what happened in this match so I can discuss it with you folks at home. I agree with you. Um, anyways, <clears throat> he's very comfortable with, with um, Bruce is my point. Um I still don't think that was fair to get rid of uh, Eric so quickly like that for what it's worth. Yeah. I don't know. Meltzer was talking about that. Uh, I guess the, he committed the cardinal sin of leaving at seven and shutting his phone off so he could have evenings to himself. He did that. Apparently according to Meltzer, which you should be able to do. However, not when you're working for WWE and that madman Vince McMahon, he's rightfully so. I, I, I have the same, I have the same, I like, guess as a mayor, I, yeah, I was gonna say. I want people. 
I try to, I, not that I'm this almighty and the hardest worker on the planet. I don't want to like sound that way, but I do want what I put out, put out by others that work underneath me. Right. Yeah. But sometimes I realize I'm like, dude, you're Matt, you're working three in the morning right now. You've literally worked from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. I'm getting back to everybody's emails that, that wrote you today. That's not normal. So when others don't do that, you need to slow your roll a little bit, Matt, because that's not normal. That's going to burn people out and make them not want to work with you. So I, I do try to be cognizant of that. So Vince needs to do that a little bit, too, I think, at times. I thought by now he would, but no. Yeah, although wouldn't you say, I mean, Matt, you've you've been working uh, the, the more than half your life now in, in professional settings. Do you feel that regardless of the job, whether you're working at a wrestling promotion, whether you're working for city government, whether you're working in the medical field, that the difference sometimes between success and failure are those people that now, for better or worse, they don't have that boundary. And in this always connected world, it becomes almost all consuming, but that becomes your edge is that you're the guy that is going to answer the email late at night yeah. or the phone. Personally, yes, that makes me comfortable that I know I'm doing what I should be doing on the level I want to do it. If that makes sense, yeah. uh, I, I call it OCD. Like I'm OCD about the job, <laughs> very passionate, which means it doesn't feel like a job. I don't ever put it down. I like that. Yeah. And that's why it's successful though. And I think others think the same way with a lot of the things there. LeBron James is mm -hmm. got, got over basketball and it shows that dude never, he never stops playing. Yeah. I think, uh, maybe Christmas, maybe there's a couple days where the world unplugs mm -hmm. a little bit. But uh, I don't know, man. I was on a cruise last year and like doing work email stuff, you know? It makes you feel unbalanced, right? Yeah. It makes you feel very off balance if you're not. Yeah. How many unread emails do you have in your inbox right now? Inbox uh, zero kind of guy? Yes, because we'll, right now, no, cause, because between three and six, I'll be doing it again uh, this tomorrow morning. We oh, there you go. Here. I got 79 unread emails right now. For me, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, you probably get junk emails though. My city email, I don't get any junk ones. No, I just have to prioritize it about, you know, whether it's client stuff or what. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I get stuff. It's not that I don't care. It's just that it's not like the immediate need and concern. Uh, but anyhow, so with Eric, Eric apparently was spending evenings with his wife, uh, just wanting a little separation. Uh, Meltzer saying didn't really familiarize himself, learn the roster. Uh, really know a lot about the current business and that this did not come as a surprise to people backstage. That being said, uh, let's talk about the ratings situation right now. So AEW versus NXT, October 16th, AEW 1.01 million to NXT's 712,000 this past Wednesday. What was AEW's last week? Um, I believe it was, oh, so this is where it gets weird. It was almost the exact same number on TNT, but they had an additional 122,000 from the True TV simulcast. So it was 1.14 combined. But if you look at the TNT numbers, almost mm. identical. I like that's a good sign, right? Yeah. It didn't yeah. drop, essentially. No, I think so. Um, with NXT, I don't did know. NXT drop? Did NXT drop from compared to their score last week? Uh, yeah, they dropped um, 78,000. No, they didn't drop 78. Really? They dropped 78,000 viewers. They went 790 last week, 712 uh, this week. Okay. Uh, so it's not terrible. No, that's not a big drop either. But it's, I mean, dude, like, okay, think about it as a fan for a second. Even doing the podcast, we, we talk, and I mean, dude, we're doing all these, not like Raj back. Happy birthday to Raj, by the way. He's off tonight celebrating his birthday. Uh, but unlike. Did, Other people. Out, is, did Raj jump out of his own birthday cake for uh, Ryback? <laughs> Maybe, perhaps. Uh, but what I'm saying is that even, even doing this, even doing this podcast, Matt, we get burnt out. We get fatigue, wrestling fatigue Yeah. from watching this stuff. And we talk about it. And people, God bless you all who show up to watch us live talking about this because that means you just watched what we watched or you download and listen to it and <laughs> want to hear our take on things, which is great. But I think for fans – I don't know how they keep up with this. This is a lot, a lot of wrestling, and it's not sustainable week in and week out. I think what we that's why the numbers are what they are, generally speaking, because it's the core fan that's going to always watch week in, week out, day in, day out. They're always going to come back. And But 
they continue to tell us they want to draw these bigger numbers. Well, the, how do you think you draw bigger numbers? You draw, you know what I mean? To go get those other fans that don't want to want, they don't want to watch it like that. Raj back. Yes, and Raj was drunk tweeting earlier on his birthday. Did he actually say that? Uh, he did. Well, what's what's Raj code for? Is I've had a few beers, I've had a few drinks. Is that? Oh, is it? Yeah, <laughs> That's his that's how you know. That's when we get uh, Saucy Raj on the podcast. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know how sustainable this is in the long term uh, to have everybody going at full tilt like this. And I mean, for me, this is where I sound like a broken record. I don't know your point of view on this. Wrestling is the greatest it's ever been. The talent is the most talented they've ever been. Um, but what sets you apart? It's story. And that's where I don't think anyone is succeeding right now. No one gets an A plus in my book on storytelling in professional wrestling right now. In ring wrestling is the mm -hmm. best it's ever been. Yes. When we say talent, though, I think we need to be careful because the promos and the characters themselves were a thousand times better back then. Mm. Do you think so it was many different ones? Think about it. There's so many different shapes yeah. and sizes. You got Kane, the guy with a mask. You had. Um, heavy set guys, skinny guys, jack guys, um, you know, different makes and models. I'm just going back to the attitude era and I'm mm -hmm. just thinking to myself, you have so many different people, different levels, but they all had one thing in common. They all were over from the yeah. beginning to the end of the show. I cared about almost every Scotty too hotty. I ended up eventually caring about. Do you know what I mean? I remember when he first came in, I was like, ooh, these guys are going to get squashed every week. And then they started doing this entertaining dancing crap I thought was pretty funny with Keish in the middle. And then I started liking them. And, and they, they were supposed to be opening acts. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and then more times than not, they were. But they were – that's my point, though. There's so many different characters that I we ended up caring about. Today, it's just not like that. It's like this one constant color they're giving you or one noise they're giving you um, or – very one like some of them will stick out like a Bray Wyatt, Brock Lesnar, um, but not many people. They all feel like it's at this one level of what they're giving us. If that, it's hard to explain. I just think they've got to do something different. I I think what AEW is doing and giving wrestlers more control is good. I almost wonder totally. if AEW is too um, if that's too condensed with. Uh, Cody, the Bucks, Kenny, you know what I mean? If it's like maybe too much of the same voices or I don't know. I, what I would like to see is I'd like to see the Raw and SmackDown talent, especially turned loose and see what ideas they have for their characters, what ideas they have for their yeah, storylines. Definitely. Who knows is better than ourselves do? Yes. How could it be worse? I guess that's that's my yeah, argument. If someone needs to say something be. to Vince. It like, can't be. Yeah. Take the chance, Vince. Yeah. You have nothing to lose. Seriously. Um, so, uh, before we wrap up, have you been feeling these past couple days about Marco stunt? Apparently, uh, your views, there was a great Twitter debate similar to what we were talking about the other night about Marco stunt. And some people saying this is, has no place in serious professional wrestling and other people making a case that no, this is what's great about professional wrestling. And that's, and I see, I'm not just being trying to be PC here. I'm being honest. I see both sides because Wrestling's supposed to be whatever the freak painting I want to draw, whatever I want to draw in that ring, whatever story I want to tell. The other side of the story is, does that paint, will everybody see the picture I'm trying to draw if I'm not being given the proper tools to, 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 to draw that and paint that painting? It, it's going to fall over everybody's head. No one's going to understand what the hell I'm talking about. Um, there is a place for everything in this, to a degree in wrestling. At least that's what we're told. My thing is, don't insult us too much. You know what I mean? And with, with the poor kid, I feel, I feel like we're banging on him for no reason. I don't want it to sound like that. I think that's, that's cra a crappy thing to do, especially as a former wrestler myself. It sucks. You know, but... It's not his fault. They need to just put him in short bursts of offense, in my opinion, or selling mm -hmm. to, to, to a small degree where we are not being completely insulted on intelligence that we're okay enough with this to sit here for 15 minutes and be perfectly cool with it. I mean, some fans might. I wasn't one. That's all. 
Very, very well put. Uh, perhaps you should uh, be working in politics. But like, cause he's a kid, man. And, and I, like I started, uh, I talked about it in the beginning of that segment we were talking, dude. I was like, here's a dude living his dream out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to shit on that. But then here's my question. Is that my job as a fan to worry about that? No, that's Matt Morgan, the wrestler talking. I'm Matt Morgan, the fan. My question, Matt Morgan, the fan would not be saying any of that. Matt Morgan, the fan was saying, I don't want to see this crap. This doesn't make sense. This isn't, I'm not believing any of this. Yeah. I'm just being real honest, you know, I don't know. Well, I think it works better with Luchasaurus. I think that that is the right amount of Marco stunt when Luchasaurus and jungle boy are doing their thing and he's there on the sideline and you could put him in and you can have him involved in three man moves. But I think it, yeah. he will put it this way. He was the wrong call to open the match. I think that sent the wrong message. I mean, well that, and, and don't you, th- didn't you hear the part I was telling you guys about with, with jungle boy? Yeah. He's supposed to be this great selling baby face, like reaching t- to the deepest depths to, to finally come back and make that hot tech the Luchasaurus who's going to clean house. But he makes us feel sympathy for him. You kiss that sympathy goodbye when you have somebody out there that's half of Jungle Boy size doing the selling. It, it, it hurts Jungle Boy's one of his biggest qualities, which is being an underdog baby face, taking the heat, selling. And then snapping off some offense when he gets some hope spots, or maybe he does blow a comeback himself. But we're with him. We're totally with him when he mounts that comeback. I think they hurt him by having Marco Stunt be out there because he's going to draw even more sympathy. I don't know. I just think it doesn't help. It don't helps. It doesn't help anybody. Is my opinion. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it is going forward. Next week, more wrestling. We got Monday Night Raw. We'll be back here to talk about that. The fallout. Seth Rollins burning down the Firefly Funhouse. Oh. You know, until, until that recap happened tonight, I'd, I'd buried that back in my mind. I'd forgotten that happened and how much I hated that. Did Seth explain how he got there? How, how he <laughs> GPSed his way into the Firefly Funhouse? Did he? No. So, like, did you ever watch Twin Peaks back in the day? Yeah. Kid? So remember, like, when they I'm went to the Black yes. Lodge? When mm-hmm. they went to the Black Lodge, I remember thinking it was so corny when it was like a hole in the middle of the forest. They like, found this portal in the middle. You know what I mean? It's like when it's metaphysical, I don't know. That's where the problem yeah. is. People physically go there. It just ruins it. For me. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's kind of, yeah. They, they, <sighs> I hated it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens Monday. He is BP Matt Morgan on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. And until next time, folks, have a great weekend. We will catch you back here on the wrestling Inc podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.